You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. Here we are, back again. Guess who's back? Back again. Did you see Will Smith's uh, apology again? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, like he did a sit-down thing, and he's basically like, he used all these big words. And he's like, this is kind of why I done it, but I apologize for doing it, but this is why I done it. And I reached out to Chris Rock, but he hasn't messaged me back yet because he said he's not ready to talk about it. Yeah. Well, good for Chris. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. Also, folks, I hope you liked the episode with uh, Jesse Crane in it. He talked a little bit about his struggles as making it in the music business, but I don't think it's not sunk in that he needs to pack his stuff up and go to Nashville because there's at least a quarter of a million people who are walking in the same shoes he is. Really? That's a lot of people. And That's a lot of people in Nashville. And unless you have like a top-notch yeah, yeah, social media uh, presence, you, exactly. you need to be down there. You need to be around the people. Did we hear the same podcast? Because I heard somebody say it just like that. Like I the did. only way to make it. Outside of Nashville. Yeah. Yep. Which is very that. hard. Yeah. Very hard to do. Yeah. I mean, you, you, have, to, you have to have employees yeah. working for you. Because that's almost impossible for an artist to do. Because they still have to work on their craft. Absolutely. But if you guys know any artists that you'd like to get on the show and just kind of promote their self and tell us their story, we'd love to have them. We got an open door policy here, whether it's Cole Swindell or your uncle on who plays music. They're always welcome. Uncle. Bring your uncle, unless your uncle's Cole Swindell. Yes. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. I've thought about this. I like to promote you know, everybody, you know, because it doesn't matter, you know, if he succeeds, he's not affecting whether I succeed or not. I'm rooting for people to do the best they can. But that doesn't mean I have to be fans of all of them. He's got his fans, and I'm happy for him. I don't understand them, but I'm happy for him because he's successful. And you know what? I'm sure he has worked hard. Oh, yeah, but for sure. You know what? So <clears throat> if he's earned it, I'm happy. But. I'm not happy that that voice gets paid to be heard. He makes a lot of money, probably. Yeah. You just can't sing. Yeah. But it's fine. It's whatever. It's not my place to say whether he's you know gets to be you know, rich and famous or not. Yeah. Not yet. I don't have to. I don't have to support him. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. So before we go too deep into everything else, we want to stop and we want to give a moment of silence for our families and our friends out in eastern Kentucky who uh, witnessed a devastating flood Thursday night. It's still going on. Yeah. So we just give them a moment of silence right here. All right. Among that, 16 dead. Six of them are children. Now, did you see the the, the, uh, family of uh, four... No, I didn't. Yeah, well, actually, family of five. There were four kids, yeah, ranging from age eight to two. 
their you know mom was holding on to them because all the you know floodwaters <clears throat> rushed in she lost all of them yeah two of them died and the other two are missing i mean i i just can't i can't even fathom it but you know they said that it reached a record high it was an 83 year old record at 43 feet of water and that happened in 1939. Yeah. So I guess they thought that, you know, they had built stuff to where it couldn't happen again. But natural natural disasters, that's like when I was working on my house upstairs, I'm like, all right. I was talking to my stepdad. I was like, how can we build this to be tornado proof? Yeah, it's hard to do. And he laughed. Yeah, you can't. Unless it's like steel. Yeah. I mean, if it was solid steel, but then again, mm. look at that courthouse. Yeah, you know, down. Yeah, yeah, concrete, you know, helps from a tornado. But I tell you what, I'm you know concerned about is the state of Kentucky. I, I've I've lived here my, almost my entire life. There's a few years there where I was other you know places, but I grew up here. I was born here. I'm sure odds are I'll die here. And I love my state. <clears throat> I love my state. I love everything about it. I love the people. I love the places. If you want water, you got water. If you want mountains, you have mountains. If you want sports, you have you know college. You don't have any pros, but <clears throat> we're working on that. You know, eventually we will, I'm sure. If you want good food, man, we got the best food. Our food's great. If you want anything, it's all here. But in the past year our state has endured some of the most hellish conditions natural disaster on the western side they had the tornadoes in december <clears throat> december yeah. 19th when you would never expect a tornado it came within not even a mile from the studio and just yeah. like ripped the tail end out of cape city yeah. just a, a little tad you know mm -hmm. but and then it, the snow. It didn't do anything compared to what it did in you know, Mayfield or you know, Marshall County or no. some of those other places. I mean, it hardly touched here. Well, Kentucky's so bipolar. I mean, one uh, minute it feels like fall, the next it feels like hail, and then all of a sudden we could get six inches of snow. Yeah. That's one thing they always say about Kentucky. Uh, I'm not sure who's listening, where you're from or whatever, but. In the state of Kentucky, they say if you don't like the weather, just wait a minute, because it'll be different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's so random. Which you know that being the case, you never know when a you know, tornado is going to pop up, because it can be really hot, and then all of a sudden, bam, here comes a cold front, and you're screwed. You're having to hide in your basement or right. some kind of. But yeah, I just <clears throat> I want to send a prayer out to all of the families of all the people that are affected by the floods and even the ones who are still trying to build their life back from the tornadoes. But there's still people that are at <clears throat> without houses still from December. Yeah. And a lot of the people out in the mountains uh, who got swept away by the flooding, they lost everything. I saw a picture of a 98-year-old woman sitting on her bed and the water was up on you know, to the edge of her bed and she's just sitting there. Everything she owns is right there destroyed. Yeah. I mean, what's she going to do? Odds are she don't have any income because yeah. she's, yeah, you know, Social Security. But all her food is gone. Her shelter, 
is destroyed. It's gone. Everything she's ever owned is gone. I just don't know how she lives through that. Yeah. You know? It would be devastating. She's sure. stranded. I, I don't know if she's been rescued you know, at this point, but as of this morning, she was still stranded. Wow. Now, if it was my grandmother, I'd have done paddled the boat on out there and tried to load her up, you know. You think that? It's not that simple, though. I would probably get hurt trying. Well, you know. That's one thing you got to watch. There's a lot of people to rescue. A lot of people on top of the roof, you know, still. Yeah. And it's still raining. It rained yesterday. It's going to rain today. It's going to rain tonight. It's supposed to rain tomorrow out there. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's so scary, and I can't imagine. Just give a shout-out to those... Those folks, and if you don't mind, I know uh, you know a lot of people lost clothes. If you have anything to donate, you know anything. They don't have socks. They don't have underwear. So, I mean, anything that you could possibly give to them. I don't have a, a charity or a a fund that I know you give to. Just look for you know something to help. Um, I mean, we're not we're not doing anything because that's a lot of responsibility for such a good cause and i would rather give that responsibility to somebody who understands you know what to do yeah you know, with the money or the clothes and all that and also be careful because the world that we're living in there's yeah. going to be people making fake accounts for it yeah you know for every every three you know, you know great people there are three douchebags that are out there just trying to steal money yeah and it's exactly that amount um anyways uh, we got a little bit of news out of the country music industry. We got two artists this week who are going to be canceling shows this weekend. Uh, the first one's Vince Gill. He's going to cancel all of his shows this weekend. His wife, Amy Grant, was in a bicycle accident. She actually had her helmet on, but was rushed to the hospital. She's still in the hospital. Uh, she's in stable conditions, but he's canceled his shows to be with her. Oh, man. Joe Biden... Yeah, you know, fell off his bike, and he's fine. Something's going on there. Mm, don't even get me started <laughs> on Joe Biden. I mean, Joe I was, Biden. I was making is, fun of him falling off a bike. Lord. The other artist is Lainey Wilson. She's going to be canceling uh, her weekend. Her grandfather. Um, he's not doing well, so she's asked for prayers on Facebook to keep the family and him in your prayers and. There's not a sweeter two artist. Yeah. Vince Gill is like, they call him Mr. Benefit. Like, yeah. he's done so many benefits to help people. Yeah. And is, Lainey. Yeah. How can you not like the girl next door? You know? Yeah. So, anyways, that's the tidbit news that we have for you this week. So, if you guys are ready, we are about to introduce who we're going to be doing this week. Well, we're going to be guy, talking about him. Yeah. We're not doing him. Well, you know what I mean, folks. They know <laughs> what I mean. This is somebody who has finally hit the country music news lately. We lost him at a very young age, but I'm going to go ahead and cue up the music, and maybe you guys can figure out who this is. When these lips shall place a kiss upon But like cold still in death Will you love me then as now Will you 
Folks, that is Keith Whitley with Ricky Skaggs and Ralph Stanley. Mr. Keith Whitley is finally going to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's about time. I'll tell you what. It took some political people. It took a lot of people really pushing for that. And as we get into the story, I found a little bit of information of why he has not already been in it. And I know that's a shock because he's a voice that nobody can really compare to. A lot of the people we've talked to, like interviewed, they've all named him on their Mount Rushmore for country music. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's so influential. So, Jackie... Keith Whitley was born July the 1st, 1954. He was born to Faye Ferguson, an editor of the Elliott County News. She his, was married to his father, which was Elmer. He was an electrician. They were 46 miles from Sandy Hook. That's where they lived in Ashland, Kentucky. They had three children. Randy, Dwight, Mary, and the fourth child was Mr. Keith Whitley. That's a pretty good size household. Yeah. Could you imagine having, well, I do. I've got six. Yeah. But none, they're all halves. Oh, yeah. So, like, the most that I lived in the house with at one time was three. Yeah. Two, Back well, then, two that sisters. was normal, though. It was normal to have a lot of kids. It was. Like, it was the standard, almost, mm-hmm. you know? See, two of my grandparents were one of at least eight siblings, and the other two were, well, one of them was only one of three, and the other one was one of seven. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of kids there. So, at the age of eight, he sung a Hank song on the radio. In high school, Keith would drink bootleg bourbon with his friends to pass the time. They also raced cars down uh, mountain roads at a very high speed. Yeah. I mean, they liked to party. I read about some of that. Yes. So Keith and his buddy, Keith wasn't driving at the time, but they they tried to attempt a curve at 120 miles an hour. Supposedly it was one of those kiss-your-ass curves. Right. If you turn around, you can yeah, kiss your rear end because it's coming. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah there was no way. It, it was a pretty bad deal because his friend died in it. Yep, the driver. Yes. And it also, I mean, it, it broke. It Keith almost Whitley's. broke his neck. Yeah, it almost broke his neck. Yeah. But that, you think that that would be enough to calm him down? But no, folks. No. He does it again, but this time. He crashes his car into a frozen river off of a 120-foot cliff, only breaking his collarbone. Yeah. At this yeah. point, I'm thinking he may think he's a cat. Yeah, I don't know. He's got he's got some issues. He said in interviews back then, he's like, that's how you're supposed to live. That's, really? how, that's how you're... He said, that, that's what I do. That's what we do where I'm from. He said, we get wild. We have a good time. Yeah. Well, I could see a little bit of that. Yeah. He was born into alcoholism. I, I have a strong, you know, idea of that. I think his father was an alcoholic. You know, alcoholism you know, ran in his family. So uh, it was just a matter of time before it you know, grabbed him. Yeah, well, and at that time, you either smoked pot or drank. You know what I mean? Around that era. Especially in the mountains where he yeah, was at. absolutely. 
1969, Keith and his brother entered a contest, and that's where they met the legendary Ricky Skaggs. At this time, they were both 16 years old, and this is when the friendship between Ricky and Keith began. Uh, when they were 16, they also did another show where they met Ralph Stanley, a legendary bluegrass picker, as I'm sure you've heard. Actually, the story is they were in West Virginia. Well, uh, Keith you know, Whitley was in West Virginia. He got discovered you know, by Ralph there. And that's because Ralph was in the vehicle with with uh, I went blank. Who's, who's the other guy? Well, this is what <laughs> this is what happened. So he was forty five minutes late to the show because they had a flat tire. And when they opened the door, they heard Keith and Ricky playing, and they thought that the Statler brothers were on the jukebox. That they were that good. That Ralph is like whoa. Yeah, and that's how he noticed them, and then the two joined the band. You know, you got to sound really good if somebody thinks you're coming out of a jukebox. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially in that time. I yeah. mean, because you didn't have these, uh, you know, fancy sound systems. No, Mm-mm. you know, especially in West Virginia. So they both joined the band. Keith became the lead singer in 1974. He also played with J.D. Crow and New South in the mid 70s. During this time, he became what you would call a badass in bluegrass music. He, his singing was influenced by Carter Stanley and Lefty for Sale. So around this time, his brother and his dad passes away. Here we are in 1983 when he decides to move to Nashville. At this time, he is offered a record deal with RCA. 1984, he releases a hard act to follow, but it didn't really take off. Critics wasn't really happy with it. He was still trying to find his voice. 1985, he releases L.A. to Miami. Mm -hmm. This included his first top 20 hit. Which was Miami. Miami moment, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Yes. Did you like that song? Uh, I mean, it was okay. It's not my favorite. Just to be honest with you, the whole era of 80s music, there wasn't a whole lot that I liked. 80s it, it pop was music different. was garbage. It was different. There was a few good songs, but the the instruments that they used, I was not a fan of that at all. And all Keith Whitley's songs sounded... The, generally the same as far as what you know instruments right he didn't really try to to you know uh, search outside the box i really believe that the 80s belonged to rock and roll and no nobody else hard rock i mean it's the only thing that's really yeah well it's made you know stood the test of time yeah essentially that's the only thing that's left so after that we had three more hits back to back which was 10 feet away Homecoming 63, and Hard Living. The the album also had On the Other Hand, Mm -hmm. which didn't even take off, but it was pitched to Keith first instead of Randy. Did you know the other song that was on there that somebody else took to number one? Uh, Is it the one that's really famous that he did and would be Brother Jukebox? No. That wasn't on that one? No. What about when you say nothing at all? Yeah, but we're we're way too early for that. Um, what it is is nobody in his right mind would have left Oh, uh, yeah, George Strait did that. Yeah, well, 
Keith done it first, but George took it and took it straight to number one, mm -hmm. which I've also found that there's another song that I have queued up here to play for us that I myself was kind of shocked to hear his version of it, but he come out with it before Travis did, and that is Between an Old Memory and Me. Playing songs on the jukebox And pouring on whiskey down When I heard a sweet voice saying Now, have you heard Travis's version of this? I have. Which one do you like the best? I just love Keith Willie's voice. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's perfect. It's a perfect country voice. His voice. It's like a mix between... It's like a mix between Randy Travis and Travis Tritt. He's well, like Randy Travis Tritt. And the thing is with him, there, there's just a tad bit of a nasal thing with him. Yeah. You know? But his his vocals, like, like he's singing deep down, yeah. just bring it out so basic. Yeah. You know, it's just like, boom. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. a beautiful voice. But I'm like you. A lot of his stuff, and as you're going to see in this story, was heartbreak. I mean, yeah. there was not a lot of upbeat Keith Whitley. Mm -mm. No, you know? I don't think there was any, was there? <laughs> no, not really. No, it was all pretty, pretty sad. Yes, for sure. I was going to say he was ahead of his time. That, uh, yeah, 10 feet away. Yeah. Man, he was, what, 40 years too late on that? Yeah, you know, COVID came around. Man, he could have killed it with that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Luke Combs actually was the best. Well, Luke Combs and yeah. Metro Cell, they had two songs about COVID. Have you heard uh, Luke's? Uh, yeah, Six Feet Apart. What about Metro Cell's 2020? No. Oh, you got to check it out. It was awesome. But I really feel like. Mitch released it a little too late. Like it was the end of 2020 uh, yeah. and people were just so over, over it. it. Yeah. So if he would have released it a little bit younger or a little bit earlier in the year, I think it would have been great. So here we are at 1986. While on tour, he met Miss Lori Morgan. They got married and had one son, Jesse Keith. Then Keith adopted Lori's daughter from the first marriage. What did you think of Lori Morgan? You know what? She she was a badass in her time. She had so many songs. And honestly, just right, this is my opinion. In the late 80s and the early 90s was the time when country music, it was almost ran by female singers. They had so many stars at that time. That's when... You know, all those, I can't even name them all. You know, the Judds were at the top of the game. Yeah. And then you had Lori Morgan, which, I mean, she was just getting started out at this time. You know, that we're talking about. You know, her dad is a yeah, famous musician. Right. But, I mean, yeah, Patsy, that was a little before, but still, she was still big then. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Well, was you had like time. Patty Loveless starting yeah. out, you know, which is one of the greatest. We we're going to cover her someday. What about Trisha? Was that kind of sorta? Yeah, yeah, she was in that time. See, 
And as we build up, you're going to see, we're still in 1987, but Keith was kind of the reason for that 90s music because of a lot of people that were coming to town, they wanted to be like Keith. So he's kind of the icing on the cake that brought us the 90s music. Yeah. Um, 1987, it was time for new music. And the RCA head guy approached him and he said hey you know we're we're we need something upbeat and he's basically like well you know look i need more control you know Mm -hmm. and the guy that came to him was joe galante which is a very famous dude and he's also the same guy that's going to be inducted into the country music hall of fame the same year as keith willie yeah i've seen where you know I think he's on Bobby Bones actually talking about yeah. Keith Whitley. Yeah. So, uh, 1988, we had Don't Close Your Eyes, which, in my opinion, I don't think nobody could ever cover this and do it as justice as this right here. Oh, you I mean. No. I agree with that. You know, there's a lot of people that try to sing this song. Yeah. But. It's so beautiful. It's so haunting. Like, he's. And he's honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like he's sitting on the side of the bed with his guitar and just... Every time I hear it, I feel bad for him. You know, he's just like, he's like, please just forget what you used to love. And think of me. You know, I didn't think of it that way. Man, it's sad. It's like if your wife had an ex yeah. that she was you know, still kind of hung up on. That's what this translates to. Yeah, like, don't close your eyes and think of him. Yeah. That's exactly what he's saying. Don't close your eyes. Let it be me. I mean, it's almost like a plead. Like, please. He's begging her, like, look, please don't have a fancy about this old dude that you you were with. I'm here now. You're going to know all the love that you could ever know if you stay with me and not you know, think about the past. I wonder how many times, realistically, has somebody cranked this song up? Like, alone, drinking. Like, I'd like to see the number <laughs> yeah. of, like, how many people have drowned themselves in sorrow with this song on repeat. Yeah. Because, think so about it. A lot. This was the era before you could text it to a girl. Oh, yeah. So... You know, you might be able to send some pigeons in, but <laughs> yeah, and, and like this part right here, maybe I've been a fool. Maybe I have, but I'm still here. You know what I mean? In the I video, just, it kind of looks like Forrest Gump's house he grew up in. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it could be. I mean, all those houses are you know, reused with stuff. I just wonder how they went to get that hair so fluffy. And that's a lot of hairspray. That's a perm. Is that a full-blown perm? It's a perm. Wow. I know that because my dad, when I was you know, he young, had one. they told him if he got a perm, it would help him preserve his hair. I don't know how the hell they, they convinced him of that because they like you know, burn your hair when they do that. But that's what they said at that time. They were like, if you get a perm, you know, your hair won't fall out as... Yeah, you know, fast, and you'll be able to save it. Really? Well, 
that's obviously not true. I mean, he's still got hair, but he's yeah. got some bald spots. But, yeah, it's just kind of wild. That's what they used to tell people. Yeah. It's wild. But, so, he used to, I used to, <laughs> I, I still make fun of him sometimes. Yeah. Because <laughs> he used to have a perm. Like, how'd you get the, yeah, manicure, pedicure done too? Right. <laughs> I bet he don't like it, does he? Nope. So now, between 1988 and 1989, it was a massive year for Keith. After that song, he had this one right here. Which is, I Never Go Around Mirrors. Which is a great concept. Yeah. I, I hate myself, so I'm not going to look at me. <laughs> yeah. And folks, when people say three chords in the truth, they're talking about songs like this right here. I mean, somebody had to break his heart. Yeah. How, oh, yeah. can, how can you relate and sing like that if you hadn't had a broken heart? You can't fake that. The way he was living, it could have just been a broken bottle of, of whiskey. We could. <laughs> or, or I mean, he could just be so far in depression that, you know, back then it wasn't cool to admit it. You he, know? Was going, he was going hard. He was going very hard at a time when, I mean, right now you see it every day. You see artists have issues with you know, alcohol or substances, but you know back then it was happening, but you didn't hear about it. Like right. it, it, it was, it was you know hush hush. We don't want you know anybody to know this. We don't want to promote it. We don't want to act like it's okay. Yeah. But it was getting done constantly. I feel like if he grew up in our time now, he would still be alive. There, there's a good chance. There is a really good chance, and we're gonna get into that as soon as we get this year behind us. So, after that song, he then releases this one right here, which I will tell the rest of the here, the story when we get to that mark about this song right here. It's amazing how you can speak right to my heart. And, I mean, Keith never had to do nothing but show up and sing. He didn't have to dance around the stage. I mean, he he didn't have to do nothing. Show me where the mic is. I mean, that's it. Beautiful, beautiful, dulcet tones. Keith Whitley. His his voice is everything you want. He's got the wine. He's got the deep. He's got the growl. He's got the little gravel. And, I mean, you know, I know people say he doesn't do a lot of upbeat stuff or he didn't do a lot of upbeat stuff, but, folks. Like you sung about what he knew. And he's country. That's as country as it comes. It's country than cow shit. Yeah, I mean, let me sing about, you know, drowning in my sorrows and hoping you're not thinking of your ex, and then let me just love you till when you say nothing at all. I mean, it is as country as it comes. 100%. You know? Yeah. So then after this, he releases uh, I'm No Stranger to the Rain, which was an awesome song, if you ask me. You know, we're going to play a little bit of that, too, while we're at it. Did you hear that? I'm no stranger to the rain. 
And there's country artists who try and try and try their damnedest to sound like him. And they come they can't come close. No. I don't think they ever will. No. I mean Keith and you know, I was kinda hoping that his son would sound a little bit like him, but he doesn't. Yeah. Well, you know? I don't I didn't expect him to. He's not bad, his son. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not like Keith Whitley. He's got a different sound, but I like it. Yeah. Not bad. So, No Stranger to the Rain uh, was the song that kind of pushed him on off the cliff and made him a superstar. Uh, He got his first CMA Solo Artist Award, a Grammy nomination for Best Country Performance with that song right there. Which, I mean, it's about time. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think at this point, he's figuring out his groove. He's building that fan base. I mean, he's got everything that he needs at this time. Yeah. So, here we are in 1989. This is when Joe Galante goes to him again and says, Hey, I've got intentions of releasing I Never Go Around Mirrors to Radio as your next single. They also want you to do more upbeat stuff. And at this time, he's like, Well, you know, I just, I don't know. But behind the scenes... What the folks wasn't seeing was Lori rushing him to the ER multiple times to where he drank, mm-hmm. to where he stopped breathing. Yeah. Then, you know, Lori also said that she used to tie their legs together at night. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yes, to kid, so it would wake her up when he got up. But if, do you know he what tried he tried to slip away? Do you know what he got caught drinking? Yeah, like you know, mouthwash and hairspray. Nail polish and Any, perfume Anything as well. that had alcohol in it. Anything. Yes. I mean, and that alone is like, wow. Yeah. That's so, a whole nother level there. Behind the scenes, he was really, really struggling. So May 9th comes around. On May 8th, Lori Morgan begs her manager, please, let's cancel this show. I don't feel safe leaving. And he's like, well, everything's going to be all right. You, you, you got to go do this show. These people paid you money. You got to go. And it was in Alaska. Yes. It wasn't <laughs> like it was down no. the street. No. So, May 9th, 1988, two months before, 1989, mm-hmm. two months before his 35th birthday. Yeah. And that number is correct, folks, because yeah. you're going to see on the internet that the actual record label entered his birthday in wrong that wrong threw year. off everything. Yeah. Yes. It did. So I double checked that. But yeah. anyways, so he's thirty four years old. He speaks with his mom on the phone for a little bit. Then his brother in law comes by. They're getting ready to go play golf. And he said, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna write a few songs for me and Lori to record after she gets off tour. His brother in law says, Well look, it's eight thirty. Be ready in an hour. When he returned, he found Keith Whitley unresponsive and called 911. Mm-hmm. He died that day of alcohol poisoning, and it was one of the saddest days in country music. Yeah. His alcohol level was the equivalent of 20 one-ounce shots of 100-proof whiskey. Yeah, yeah for every uh, uh, death, there's a new beginning. You know who was born on that very day? Who? My wife. Oh, really? Yeah. The same day That's Keith Whitley died. That's the day she was born. Wow. May the 9th, 1989. Wow. Just 
I mean, what is what's what's the distance between here and Goodlettsville? Not, I mean, seventy miles, maybe. Maybe seventy miles. Yeah, yeah. within a hundred miles. Yeah, you got somebody leaving the world, and yeah, you got another one entering. In. Yeah. Wow, that is crazy. So, like, were her parents are are her parents country music fans? Her dad is for sure. Her mom, I think she likes everything. She likes country though. She's actually gave me some artists for us to do. Yeah, fifteen. Uh, seconds of fame yeah about but uh i i gotta i gotta find more information because you know that's that, another thing i know we're in the middle of an episode but folks if you know an artist that's up and coming or just now starting out and just wants to get their name out there yeah send us their information a few songs that we need to you know promote for them and we'll put them on one of our episodes as long as you get us enough information uh, i mean we can look for some stuff but it's hard to find artists because you don't know uh I had two people that I was I was researching on that I I'd heard their names from people and I was like all right I'll I'll look into them and by the time I actually got all the information <clears throat> they had quit yeah you know, doing what? music oh they just like quit retired? all the well one of them was dead and the other one was uh I, I think they had committed suicide and oh, the wow. other one I don't know if they they joined a band or something they weren't doing solo anymore yeah so. So the the day that Keith Whitley died, the entire music row was lined with black ribbons. His gravestone said, "Forever yours faithfully." Um, Lori Morgan's plan is to be buried right next beside of her. The funeral, Ricky Skaggs sung. Ralph Emery and David Frizzell were pallbearers. Now, another fun fact. Well, it's not really fun because <laughs> I was say, he died. Yeah, you talk about a funeral. Here's a fun fact. My, <laughs> my bad, folks. So with, yeah, not right. So with his death, it inspired Vince Gill to write "Go Rest High on That Mountain." Man, I I didn't know if he was gonna have that or not. Yeah. I had that. I was so excited. But he did not finish it until four years later when his yeah. own brother passed away. Yeah, you know. But I mean, that is a song that gets played. I'll I'll venture a guess. There's probably, you know, a few yeah a thousand funerals every day in the United States. I'm gonna say a quarter of them that song's played. Oh yeah, and I mean Vince even played it at uh George Jones's yeah. funeral. It's fit for yeah. everybody's now. Yeah. It is. It and just an outstanding song. Um, August first, nineteen eighty nine, three months after his death, they released the album. I wonder, do you think of me? Two number ones come from that, which is this massive hit right here that circled around TikTok, and everybody tried to, uh, you know, mimic it. But if you think, this is kind of odd. Do you think that three months is enough time to release a dead person's album? Well, he had that album you know, ready. It was ready. It was ready to go. Yeah. Just, just a matter of time. But could you imagine it? The first hit being "I'm Over You." <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? But if you think about it, like from a business standpoint, that was the perfect time to release it. Yeah, for the record label, anyway. Yeah, you wanted to wait a little while, but you know, you wanted to get out soon while he was still, you know, fresh in the hearts. Right. of his fans and uh, I mean, strategically that was that was a good choice now it could have been a little early for you know kind of eh, it's a little shady because he's not making that money it's all going to Lori or you know, record label but 
Well, yeah. when uh, when I was in my musical journey, I was probably in the fifth grade when I was in Tootsie's Orchid Lounge and I heard this song get covered. Now, this is before you could just go home and look on YouTube because I don't even think there was a YouTube at that time. No. But I was like, this is a hell of a song. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm over you now. Not yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're, they're making all these stories that you still love her. No, I'm over. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know? Another classic country song. Yeah. I mean, it's got everything that you want in a country song, just like the majority of his other songs. Yeah. Uh, he's... I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, go on. Actually, I'm, I'm going to save that part. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, trek on. All right. So, here we are. Uh, that goes number one. And then also, this song right here, it goes on his Greatest Hits album. Here's what I want you to do. Tell Lori I love her. Tell Lori I need her. Could you put yourself in that room that Tell he's recording Lori at? Well, I mean, how are you looking at it? Are you looking at it like it was uh, like a, a cry for help? Or do you think it's like a suicide note, maybe? I think he knew that he wasn't going to be around for a while. And he wanted the world to know that, hey, I'm good, I love her, I'm heartbroken, and I I just, I can't be fixed. Yeah. I don't know that it was heartbroken. I I think think he's, no, I'm saying heartbroken that he can't be fixed. That, that like, he mentally knows I cannot do one more day without drinking. And they say alcohol abuse is worse than any drug. Like, you can literally die from stop drinking. That's why when the pandemic hit and they shut everything down except for liquor stores, that's why they left it open. If you have an alcoholic that doesn't drink for a couple days, it can kill them. Yeah, and I mean, you got people who take pills, smoke pot, do meth, do coke, all that. And you can stop and you're going to feel like shit and shit on yourself and throw up and everything, but... Alcohol, if you stop, you're going to die. Yeah. You, you, I mean, it has to be strategically done. Yeah. If you just you know, quit willy nilly, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Uh, I mean, you're going to you know suffer through it anyway. But it's just a, it's a scary thing, man. And it affects a lot of people. It affects people that you don't really you know, realize that it affects. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it affects my family. I mean, to be honest with you, I've had two grandfathers that both love to drink. Now, they paid their bills, and sometimes they made sure that their family had everything. And it's kind of odd because I have one grandfather who died of cirrhosis of the liver, and he was drinking alcohol the day before he died. And, I mean, but he was the quietest drunk that you were ever around. Then I had another grandpa who would fight a fence post. Yeah. And... My dad and my mom, they never did take up drinking, Mm -hmm. but I enjoyed to drink. Yeah. And then I started acting foolish 
a few times mm-hmm. and i had to ease out of that but i did, i just picked up one addiction to another addiction right you know and then i had to fight that off yeah but addiction you know so many people say that it's a disease and i think a part of it is but it a, doesn't start that way no and a big part of it is a choice yeah to an extent it does I you think can, a lot of it's mental, though. There, it's uh, I think it's about ninety eight point nine percent mental. Yeah, I mean you you make a choice, you do, but there's also there's there's something in your brain that's telling you you need something else. Yeah, you know to yeah. to feel succeeded, to feel completed, you know. Yeah, and I mean you know while we're on it. I mean, my addiction started as an accident. I mean, straight up, like, I couldn't, like, if I rode with somebody, I got nervous. And then if I ate, I had to go to the bathroom as soon as I got done eating. Mm -hmm. So I had somebody say, well, try this pain pill. So I tried it, and I was relaxed. I felt great. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I know, I'm going to the ATM for 40, going Mm -hmm. to the ATM for 100. Then the next... Yeah. I mean, it's I, it's ridiculous to think of the amount of money that I've spent. Yeah, I heard an old saying: "One pill is too many, and a million is not enough." For sure, I probably There's, took enough to float a battleship around, yeah. and it's not something to be proud of. And I hope, I just hope that my kids take from it that right. that they see. And it was it was the hardest thing that I ever had to overcome, but it got to that point where I had to. Yeah. You know, because there was no doing anything different. That you know, shows a lot of you know willpower and a lot of you know, self discipline on your part. Yeah. Because a lot of times it takes it takes like something tragic, tragic, tragic happening, like somebody losing a life, or uh, you know you ended up in the pen. Yeah. Or you know something like that for you to realize you know I I got to change this. Yeah. I got to change this, and unfortunately, that's that. I mean, that's the case. And I, you, I mean, people out there, you'd be surprised at who you interact with in your life are struggling with an addiction. Oh yeah, or you know, any kind of dependency upon something. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. But if you also look at it like this, so if you've got Meth, cocaine, pot, whatever it is. Well, I don't really feel like pot should belong in this, but I mean, and I don't smoke pot, but mm-hmm. I've got a different theory on pot. I used to, and we may get to that. But yeah. what I'm thinking is, you know how hard it must be for people that are alcoholics, because yeah. as somebody like myself who enjoyed pain pills, mm-hmm. I just cut all those people out of my life, and I never had to see them, and it was no big deal. Alcohol's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know if Keith could have quit, even if he wanted to. It's so hard. He, had, I mean, he had people watching him, but it's it's everywhere you go. Yeah. That's that like so Aerosmith. They did a whole tour to where when they come on stage, you could not buy alcohol. I mean, and that's what it would have had to come to yeah. for Keith, because it and and I feel like each addiction is is something else, you know, yeah. but. Yeah. 
I hate this theory of people who go to church all the time and then they're like, oh, well, he used to be a junkie. Used to be a pill head. You know, well, yeah. I mean, if you go to church after Sunday and overeat, that's destroying the temple as well. Yeah. I mean, it. I hate when people put titles on it's people. The, yeah, and seven you, deadly sins is gluttony. Yeah, and you write them off as they're a junkie. Well, he's a wild colleague. You know what I mean? I mean, what got them to that? You know what I mean? That's how you got to look at it. But anyways, I'll jump off that train. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, well, I love talking times, about it. Yeah, I really do. A lot of times you hear those you know, things from people, especially at a church, and they say it completely out of ignorance because they don't know anything about it. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. A, it's a subject they don't know anything about. But, I mean, it's like a lot of people. It's like... It's like the people saying, oh, you know, you need to shut down the borders. You know, there are people in other countries that, you know, we should be able to help. And I agree, you know, immigration is a, 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 a tricky you know, a thing because, I mean, we eventually, or, you know, basically we all, you know, came from an immigrant. There's only Native Americans here. Unless you're a Native American, you're not an <clears throat> you're an immigrant or you came from an immigrant. So you really can't say, you know, you shouldn't you know, blatantly do this. There are so many situations in life that we don't know completely because we're not engraved in it. Yeah. But I think a lot of times with you know, people at, at church, they like to assume that everybody there is almost perfect. Oh, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, you know, everybody there has problems. Everybody there has their own issues because the Lord does not speak to the perfect. No. And the Lord speaks to the sinners, and we're all sinners. So they really can't place judgment because, I mean, you know, he who is without sin cast the first stone is ultimately what I always love to go at. That's why I don't like to talk, you know, shit about, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. And if I do, I'll you know, follow it up by something, you know, saying something nice. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's a really nice guy, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> here's another thing, too, you know, that I, I want to say about the church. You know, the church is supposed to be in urgent care, a place where you go to get healed, to find direction, to be around like-minded people. And no, per- no perfect people are allowed in church. No. Yeah. That's the way they should be. Just anyway. to clear things up, folks, he said uh, direction, not what I thought. It sounded like you said erection. Oh well, I meant <laughs> to find direction. Our, yeah, to find and, direction. And, and I tell you something else too that I heard is the church people and religion per se. What I can't stand is when they say if you have depression, you're just not praying hard enough. That's bullshit, folks. I've never heard that. I have. I've heard it. That's and ridiculous. And depression means that there's something off in your brain that you may need chemical medicine to fix. And then that person thinks, oh, well, is God not listening? Am I not doing it? I mean, sometimes, folks, you just need medicine. You really yeah. do to fix mental problems. There are, you know, yeah. There are so many things that, and I, and I know people. God can fix it, but it yeah. it may not be in His plan to fix it. And a lot of times, yeah, you know, people pray for stuff, and you know they complain. Well, 
It's just not happening. It's just not coming that easy. You know, he can help you, but he's not going to do it all for you. you got to help yourself, too. You a lot have of times, to pick the shovel up to move the mountain. Yeah. And a lot of times we just kind of you know, want something to happen without actually putting forth the effort, you know, making the sacrifices, you know, doing all that. And that's – it's a struggle. It's a struggle for me. I, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit uh, I mess up every day. Yeah, Multiple me too. times. And it, I think any more – I mean, if you want to talk about depression, my job's got me so stressed out. Like, I've been so down lately, and I don't know that it's ever going to get any better. Just a forewarning out there, everybody. If you ever you know, think about going into sales, I want you to imagine you know, somebody that you've known your, almost in your entire life, and they you know, look at you, straighten your eyes, and they lie to you. And you just got to sit there and be like, oh, okay. Because you're, you know, in the process of you know, trying to you know, sell them something. Because ultimately, that's what that's your job. You're supposed to sell. And they look at you and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, talk to me next week. Or talk to me in, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks come. Then yeah, they don't, don't answer you the don't phone. You hear from them. They kind of ghost you. But it's not only that. It's people that you just meet. Because everybody assumes a salesman is like shady or they're you know, trying to pull something over on you it's it, you know, probably why i'm not a good salesman i don't lie to people if yeah. it's not something that they're going to use i don't try to sell it and i think a lot of times you know successful you know, sales that's what they do they they push all kinds of shit on somebody that they don't need they're not going to use but it's a sale for them that's all they care about right and it leaves a bad taste in, you know customer's mouth but at the same time yeah, they're really pushy. So they're they're going to convince them, you know, to buy something else. Like, oh, well, you didn't use that very much. That's fine. Right. Uh, what about this? Yeah. It yeah you know, scratches your your back. Well, see when you whistle. <laughs> Something I, I, stupid. Yeah, I've always wondered how you done that anyway, because that would drive me insane. Thinking if I didn't sell enough of this, yeah. I couldn't pay my electric bill. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, mm. that's gotta be. Mind blowing it's in stressful. itself, and then like you see the TikTok video that I sent you, where the mm -hmm. guy's like, "Put a cell phone in the box and send it to the place and let it ring." Yeah. Well, I mean, who has the money to buy all that stuff to give them? Now that guy, he's he's, he's kind of success. a con artist, isn't yeah. He? I, I because you buy into it to yeah. get the info. I mean, he's making money off what he's doing right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, sales is not hard if you have a great product. And I do. Hey, you I, do. I've seen it in yeah, action. I sell. I sell great products. And you very can high go quality. to his Facebook and see the page. <laughs> it's some where videos. Yeah. This stuff literally will take it off your hand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That is but, pretty cool. I mean, I'm not allowed to, you know, say the company's name, but and that's. But I mean, here's the thing. I have great products, but I'm not. I'm not you know pushy enough, so I get kind of dismissed automatically. But yeah. it gets. Stress. I have really good customers. I have some really, really faithful, you know, good customers that love what they get from me. Right. And they use it, and it benefits them. Yeah. That's why I have no issue selling it to them. But if it's like somebody who's going to spend a bunch of money on something that they're never going to use, or it's not going to work for them exactly how they want, I don't even try. I got you. <laughs> and that's that where I sense. fail. That's where I fail. But, yeah. Well, I guess we better get back to Keith Whitley. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. So, 
his greatest hits come out, and then in 91, his Kentucky Bluebird comes out, which is some demos that he had going in the time. 1994, Lori gets uh, everybody together for a tribute album. This is when Allison Krauss's cover goes insane. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, she did kind of make the song her own. She did. It, it, she brought she a did. female standpoint I, from I, it. I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I thought it was her song. I didn't oh, know I it did was too. anybody else's. I did too. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, it's just, it's something else. So since 2004 to 2010, there's a guy by the name Jeff Swope who is trying to produce a film about Keith Whitley. It's like a documentary. Yeah, I'd love to see that. It's never been released. No, it's still not. Filmed. He said he's still trying to find funding for it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of wild. It looks like somebody would fund it, especially like a you know, record label or something. But it's got to the point now, I don't know that they could even sell it. I don't know who would want to see it because well, it's been so long. Here's another thing. Lori... Actually, in the 90s, she tried to sue the record label because there was millions of dollars made off of some of the music that never went to him. Right. Because, of course, he was passed away, so he Mm -hmm. can't really fight for it. And I don't know how his will was, but you would have thought she would have done something. I think she got almost everything. Like, some was, you know, left to their their son and their daughter. Yeah. But... You know, until they turn adults, they didn't have access to any of it. So I think it all went to Lori. Yeah. Which I mean, she after she married after, Sammy Kershaw for a little while. She was with a lot of people for a little while. That's what they say. <laughs> but you know, here's one thing that I don't understand. I mean, how could you not have a better looking gravestone at that time? Well, I mean, really, it is very basic now. Now that he's being put into the Country Music Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. they're going to be doing a new headstone, which right. is worthy enough, yeah. you know. But I kind of, I always wondered that. When I went to see it, I was like, this is Keith Whitley? Yeah. But with that being said, so the whole debate of why he's not in the Country Music Hall of Fame is because that they say, well, he really wasn't in country music long enough to do yeah. anything. Only three years. But what they did count was his time with Ralph Stanley that kind of made yeah. the vote go on through. And then, of course, some help from some diehard fans. And Lori, after he died, and, they released a ton. And, yeah. And yeah, they've been collecting signatures from like people in Nashville. Over for, 10 years. Yeah, forever. Forever I mean, trying to get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, I mean, it's... I mean, who's somebody who's been around for like, you know, three years now? Three years? I don't know. I mean, Luke, well, Luke's been six. Luke Combs. Luke Combs, that's He's been around six years. Yeah, it's uh, double. I mean, what about... um, Laney Wilson. Well, Morgan Wallen, how long has he been? He's been around uh, since 2014. Oh, that's wild. Um... Well, what are you trying to say? Trying to pick somebody out similar, like as far as you know, somebody who's been around in you know, three years. That's kind of big. Well, if you look at, well, let's just say Morgan. Okay, okay. for instance, with it, Morgan, well, it's hard to though because he's got a ton of songs now. Well, here's the thing: the only reason why he has a ton of songs is because the album that come out when he was canceled thirty days later 
the fans made all 16 songs on that album go number one, which has never happened. But in realistic terms, I'd say he's famous enough to be in it. Now, does he deserve it? Absolutely not. Morgan Wallen, not yet. Yeah. You know, but if he died today... He's not a good example of what I'm trying to do. Yeah, because I don't understand what you're trying to do either. I just need somebody who's not been in you know, very long. Now, Parker McCollum, how long has he been in? Yeah, he's not been in it long. No. Like, yeah, two years maybe. So if he died... If he died, do you think he'd be worthy of the Hall of Fame? He's not, not done really. enough. He's not done enough. And that's how people see and it. He can't help it. He can't help it. No, he can't help Because he's that, still young. That's the thing with Keith. If we wouldn't have lost Keith Whitley, yeah. could you imagine? What, he would have been the same star status as Alan Jackson and George Strait. Garth Brooks. Yeah. And speaking of Garth Brooks, in 2012, when yeah. he was inducted into the bring that up Hall too. of Fame, yeah. he said, I shouldn't be here. This should yeah. be Keith Whitley. Yeah. He tried to refuse it. You know, saying that you know, Keith Whitley should be inducted before he is. Right. And I respect that of Garth. Big. And, and But, I mean, if you look at all these artists that are out there, they all love Keith Whitley. Every they single one of them. all gain inspiration from him, like from his music, because his sound is just iconic. His voice is about as perfect of a country voice as you could possibly get. I didn't, I didn't see beautiful. one story where he was disliked no. by anybody. And you would think somebody who drank that much would have you know, issues. You know what I'm saying? Like You get into scraps, you get into arguments and stuff when you've been you, drinking. You would think, yeah. But evidently he was a you know, happy-go-lucky, just you know, drive your car really fast when you've been drinking drunk. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the time. Thank God he didn't kill nobody. Yeah, no you know. But, All folks. Right. I, have, I have a question. Okay. Is there a song out there that you wish had have been sang by you know, Keith Whitley? Or is there one of Keith Whitley's songs that you think a particular artist would you know, do really good at? I don't know if he would do good, but I think that it would sound really good to hear his spin on it. And when I say this, I know it's not going to make me sound super country, but I would love to hear Morgan Wallen try to do I'm Over You. Mm-hmm. With his his little take on right, it, right, right. What are you thinking? I think there's a song out there that was meant for Keith Whitley to sing that another artist got, and George Jones had to sing it. What was that? Stop loving her today. Oh yeah, his voice is perfect for that. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> Could you imagine that? Wow. I started thinking about that when I was listening. Like my God. If he sang it would have fell song, right into his catalog. It would have been. It, it fit perfect. That's that's his style of song. It is, and he would have killed it because his voice is so much better than George Jones's. He may. He, I mean, he may have done it better than George. I guarantee he would have because he's a better singer than George. Entertainer, probably not. Yeah, George Jones is one of the greatest you know, country entertainers ever. But yeah, Keith Whitley, he wasn't about the dancing. Well, George Jones didn't dance that much. He just had that. No, he had he, a unique. He had sound. the personality. Oh yeah. I think Keith Whitley. Yeah. He was. I think he was wild behind you know, closed doors. Probably so. But he was very conservative on the stage. He didn't do much. One thing that you could take to the bank, folks, is he loved Lori Morgan more than any other husband that she ever had. After the fact. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you get into the note? 
that you know <clears throat> he gave her before she left for Alaska? No. He gave her a note, and uh, he told her, um, yeah, to open it at some point. I don't know exactly what was said, but anyway. So after she got the news that he had passed, she was on her way back, and uh, she opened up the note and she read it. And I don't, I don't, I don't like remember the words to it, but it was. It was really, really sweet and heartfelt. Yeah. And you you could tell from listening to the words of that note, that's something you'll want to Google just because it's yeah, for it sure. was so sweet. It was so sweet. And you could tell he loved her to the end. And, and I feel like, too, she probably struggled after the fact, especially when she was dating somebody like, well, when she was married to Sammy Kershaw. But, I mean, how do you top Keith Whitley? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, tried. especially if you're a singer, like... And she dated uh, Troy Aikman. Yes. The, the quarterback of the Cowboys. Yeah, and Lori, in my opinion, Lori Morgan's always been hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's a hot. She's, I just wonder if she ever found what she was looking for in Red. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something <laughs> I never understood yeah. that song. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Uh, no, I remember the song. I don't remember the words. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at one time, and I feel like, too, had they stayed together, they would have been a powerhouse couple. They would have been the next George and Tammy. Oh, yeah. yeah Tim Garth and Faith. Yeah, I mean, they would have been it. Yeah, they would have been there. I would have loved to hear them do a duet. And he was planning on it. Well, they had duets. Did they? Yeah, a couple. Because I hadn't heard them. Do you, do you know which ones they were? I can look at Go ahead and Google that. Because, see, I was under the impression that uh, when he was, before he died, he was writing songs for them to do. But I don't know if they ever done one. Um, I don't know if it was, like, recorded after the fact, like, where. Yeah, like, where they it, fill and She in. jumped on it. But, yeah. uh, Till a Tear Becomes a Rose. Okay. That's a duet. It's got both of them in it. Um, I just want you do it. Let's see here. Uh, well, there's another. Till a tear becomes a rose. Uh, this could be just repeating them just on different albums. Because that, that's yeah. one thing. It was nothing that went like number one on radio. No. Right? No. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like some uh, album fillers. I think so. Yeah, that one song, When a Tear Becomes a Rose, that was, it was a sweet song. I listened to it. Um, It was pretty good. It was about, like, how all your pain eventually turns into this love, you know. Okay, so, since we can't do a hypothetical, because there's nothing to fight with, um, (laughs) let's go with our top three Keith Whitley songs. Okay. All right, so it's easy. The number one Keith Whitley song, in your opinion, is what? Yeah, let's start at three. All right, fine then. Let's start at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, go ahead. Three, two, one. Um, let's see. How about? I'm no stranger to the rain. 
I've got to second that. Mine that's your number two. three? That's my number three. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, what's your number two? My number two would be, now let me think here because it's kind of tied with another one, and I don't want to get this wrong. I would say I never go around mirrors. I'm going to say when you say nothing at all. Okay. All right. Now, here we are at the top one of the hour. Mm -hmm. My number one is I'm over you. The song that I could listen to on repeat for the rest of my life, if we were doing the hypothetical, I could listen to this song at least once an hour on hour every day. Don't close your eyes. Yeah. I just love his voice in it. I love the song. It's so emotional. Like, it's, I feel bad for him, but yet I don't feel too bad for him because he had that voice and he was with Lori for a while. <laughs> you can't feel too bad for him. I, uh, I had an ex-girlfriend and that was the song. We met at this little dance hall uh, on the backside of Russellville. I was actually playing at. And a guy got up on the thing, and I asked her to dance, and it became our song. And it was mm. Don't Close Your Eyes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Of course, that's, that was that's many, many moons ago. Did you, did you listen to the words first? <laughs> no. No. But we just, we, that was our song. That was the song we were dancing to. I so think we're that's, like, that's the equivalent of, like, you know, doing it with the lights on. Well, you, you mean to tell you something <laughs> funny? Now that you bring that up. <laughs> so, the boyfriend before me, uh-huh. she married Oh, so she, I guess it did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it did work. She out. closed her eyes. Yeah, huh? like she she married him, had a kid with him, and everything. Yeah, yeah still to this day. She closed her eyes. She didn't think of me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she she knew was, was just him. lost in her fantasy. Yeah, we dated for about four years, and I. Oh wow! That was the second girl I ever cried over. My first girlfriend that I ever really had, my you know, serious girlfriend, I dated for six and a half years. Yeah. And uh, her you know, boyfriend before me, he's he's from around here. Really? He died in a car accident. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, I, and it was always awkward. Did you know the first girl that I cried over was like emu? She was an emu? No, yeah. She was like into the black hair. Emo. Yeah. An emu is an animal. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, for real, though. Oh, like, I got so lightheaded no, right there. for real. For real. <laughs> it, was our, it was our junior year. She was a llama. <laughs> we were working. I guarantee she a, spit, didn't no, she? No, listen. We were at a... <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> we were working at Mancino's together. And we were juniors in high school, and, like, I begged her to listen to country music, and she wasn't having it. But, like, she was the first girl that I, like, cried over, like, literally, like, into the world cried over. And it was so funny. She showed her Johnny Cash. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, she liked me before the first of the year, and then something happened on New Year's Eve, and it just clicked. And I was like, oh, she is cool. So I started, I started liking her. Yeah. Well, then that's when they stopped liking you. Yeah. You usually. know. 
If you show interest, they're like, oh, never mind. You want to hear something really funny? This is the first time I ever heard this word. So mm-hmm. she wasn't answering her phone, and I was like a typical 17-year-old boy at the time. So I was like, well, I'll just drive by her house, see if she's all right. So her car, her car is sitting in the driveway. Mm-hmm. She comes walking out. Her mom's at the front door and says, looks like you're in a bit of a predicament. And I'm thinking, what the hell does that mean? Because I didn't listen in yeah. English at all. And the ex-boyfriend who, like, got in an accident, broke both of his legs, was sitting in her front seat. <laughs> oh. And I was like, okay, I see how this is going to play out. Yeah. But I kind of dodged a bullet with that one because, like, she didn't turn out too well. A lot of times they don't. No, they don't. The it's always side. the ones that you thought would don't. You know? Yeah, sometimes. To an extent. Sometimes, yeah. You know? Is there sometimes. anybody that, like, who's the craziest one you ever dated? Oh, dear God. We in high have... school. In high school? I never dated anybody in high school. Really? Never. Mm-mm. No boyfriend, girlfriend, nothing? No. No check yes or no letters to? Uh, I'm in elementary school, yeah. I had a girlfriend in uh, middle school. So what happened in high school? Um, I talked to a few girls at other schools, but... I just, I wasn't allowed to you know, really stay out real late. Yeah, me too. Um, like, if I, I mean, was 10-01, I was grounded. I played sports, so I just kind of did that. I, I just played sports and went home. And, like, on the weekends, sometimes I would go places, but it was, I, I, I just wasn't, I never date anybody in high school. I didn't date anybody until I was 19 or 20. Oh, wow. That's when I started dating the girl that I dated for six and a half years. She, uh, what'd she turn out to do now? She is an, uh, a 911 operator. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually when we uh, broke up. She was going to training and it had been kind of stale for a long time. I should have yeah. ended it long before that. And I think she was thinking the same thing, but she had been up there for a couple weeks and she, she met a guy up there. He was a cop. He was getting. He was getting they trained. always do. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times, cops. They are notorious you know, cheaters. They have incidents where they cheat. Surely a lot. not with yeah. cops. I almost, I know a lot of cops. I only know a couple who haven't cheated, at one point or another. But uh, it's because there's so much opportunity. <laughs> out it really there, is. You know, like every time you get behind a car. Every time you put your your uh, uniform on, basically. But uh. So, she she had met him, and uh, so she came back. She's like, well, she said, I want to you know, take a break you know, while I'm up there. I was like, look, if you're going to take a break, you need to... I, was like, I forget exactly how it went down. I was like, yeah, that's you know, fine. That's yeah. fine. So, she came back two weeks later, and she you know, came to where I was working at, and uh, it was on my break. Went out there. I had just... It was my first break. I'd been there for two hours. It was retail. So uh, she comes out there when I'm on break. She said, yeah. Um, she said, I think we need to break up. I said, uh, uh, did you find somebody? And she said, yeah. And she's still married to him. So yeah. I wish him nothing but the best. You know, she was, her family is always nice to me. She had, she had a you know, good family. Uh, but yeah, they're huh. they're together. They have uh, two or three kids, yeah. 
He's, wow. a, he's a cop. She's a uh, 911 operator. That's awesome. Yeah. For them. Yeah. You know? Cool. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's all that we got on Keith Whitley besides the rating. Yeah. So, how do you want to rate him? Mm. Um, he can't. Oh, I remember what I was going to tell you now. And this you know, fits perfect. So, honestly, my opinion of Keith Whitley is for years I assumed that he had a couple good songs. You didn't realize how many. Well, I hated the music in his songs. Like, I hate all the instruments that they use. That 80s sound is garbage to me. I'll never like it. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to accept a song with you know music that you don't like just because of the voice and the lyrics he makes it easy to like those songs though because his oh, voice yeah. is perfect i always always thought he was overrated until i really did this little deep dive because i really never paid any attention to it yeah to I be agree. honest i mean i a little bit yeah everybody says keith whitley is like the cool answer to say you know who's yeah, who's the greatest country music singer ever keith whitley and it's like they all gravitate towards yeah. that and i always i just I, honestly for years i thought it was bullshit yeah i can see it now oh, i can yeah. see it without a doubt he had all the talent in the world and could you i mean right now let's you know think about it what if um Any any musical artist that's not been out very long and they just you know, died. See, he was young. He was thirty four. I mean, it's I not really quite can't. the twenty seven club because yeah. you, you, I mean, you had Kurt Cobain, you had Jimi Hendrix, you had Janis Joplin. All of them died at the age of twenty seven. Twenty nine. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> these stars were burning so so bright that they you know, fell. Well, I mean, I I I kind of feel like that that could happen to Morgan Wallen. That that's always been my prediction because it could happen to any of them. Overnight he exploded. Yeah. And like he literally went from playing rink dink clubs that were decent yeah. to I mean I mean just massive headliner. I mean he's either gonna you know continue this and he's just gonna be one of the most gigantic you know, country music stars ever. Or he eventually he's gonna flame out. He's on the same track as Garth. Yeah. For his time. Yeah, I, and, and, and I'm I, not comparing the two, but he is on that track. Oh yeah, and I'm not either. I'm just saying, fan base wise and uh, entertainment wise, yeah, he is now. Luke Combs also said same thing. Yeah. He said it's either me or Morgan. You know, and I mean, I, I don't like agree with that. Well, no, what he said, he was asked the question. Who do you think the most famous person in country music is? He said it's either me or Morgan. Yeah. The most popular mm-hmm. right now. I agree with that. And But Luke Combs is a classic. We've seen him build that fan base, work his way up from small places to big places. And with Morgan, I mean, the year before he was headlining stuff, he got arrested for a DUI for hanging out on downtown Broadway mm. when, like, nobody acted a fool. No. And now he can't go nowhere. They act like he's Elvis. Well, he came from a tiny little town. That's a yes. huge transition. All right, I have a question. Who do you think is more talented, <clears throat> Morgan or uh, Luke? 
That's tough. I mean, <laughs> putting you on the spot. I mean, here's the thing: they can both song right, they can both sing, they both sound sound like they're really nice guys. But Morgan, you could not trust around your girlfriend. I feel like you could trust Luke. I don't understand how that is either. What do you mean? Because I mean, <clears throat> the only difference between him and Luke is he's skinny, as far as looks. Well, I'm just saying that he's not much to look at, and I mean neither one of them are. He seems like that type though who would like sleep with your girlfriend. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, but now Luke, Luke's not that type. How do you know? I mean, I can just, you know, he seems like the type that would be loyal to a friend. I really believe that with all my heart. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know, but yeah, Yeah, he's pulling in some dimes. Yeah, he is. I'll say that. But anyway, so where do you rate? Uh, uh, I mean, this is going to be a first time ever. I'll give him a five-star review. Yeah. Just because he's a Kentucky boy. That's a star for himself. His voice. He gets two stars for his voice. Yeah. Um, his I mean, Don't Close Your Eyes. It's, it's probably one of my top 25 songs ever, maybe. Maybe yeah. top 50. I don't know. There's a lot of songs on that list, yeah, 50 to be exact. But it's, I think it's, it's one of them. Like yeah. it's up there. I really like it. And I just don't see. I always thought he was overrated, but now I, I realize I was wrong. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm giving him five stars for the simple fact of. I mean, there'll never be another Keith Whitley, and I feel like he would have been five stars had he had more time on Earth with us anyway. So, I mean, it's a given. Yeah, Yeah, all without a doubt. And I'm happy to see that he's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Finally. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Now, you know what to do. Let us know uh, what artist you want us to do next. We've we've got one coming up that is the first artist that I was kind of bored to be doing. But we will (laughs) see if things change. Remember to to, uh, follow, rate, review, like, unfollow. And then follow it again, uh, rate and review, and then unfollow it and follow it again, rate and review. That's how you get us up on these charts. Yes. You just keep unfollowing and following just constantly. And tell all your friends, remember everybody, we're just regular people. Love to talk about country music and country music artists and, and we our love stories. Your feedback. Yeah. Yeah. We get to we get to share some some stuff on our mind, on our hearts that you know, maybe weighing us down or yeah, maybe something funny that's happened to us throughout the week. We just want to share, maybe to give some some joy to other people. But always remember, be kind to everybody around you. Look out for your neighbor. Uh, we appreciate it. Everybody reach out if there's something you want to hear. Until next time, God bless and hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all of them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch y'all next time.